This is episode 318 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase and Joel will take a look at The Hunt, the most controversial film of last year, this year, I can't even tell anymore. And then of course, go over the week in movie trailers, all that and more. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. And thank you for taking a chance on us. If you're looking for a movie podcast all over the podcast platforms out there, and you decided to take a chance on us, and you're like, hey, this Real Me In uh, seems like a pretty good one. Let's go ahead and go for it. I like movies. I want to hear people talk about movies, analyze them, and just kind of just talk about the things that we love. And I think you hit the right spot, and hopefully you can stick around to the very end and continue to come back and listen to us. Uh, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. We always appreciate you guys. This is episode 318. The main review in question, I'm sure Joel and I didn't even expect to talk about this movie, uh, which was which is The Hunt. Uh, I honestly thought we would never see the light of day on this film. I thought it was going to be canceled forever, but The Hunt was released, and that is the film we're going to talk about. I have a couple of trailers to talk about. And then, of course, uh, some very important stuff, as you guys all know, at the top and how that's going to affect kind of us going forward. We'll get into all that. But before uh, I begin, uh, regardless of what Joel and I are about to say, I want you guys to continue to spread this episode around, spread the podcast around, subscribe to the feed, get up to dates on when we upload anything, because it it could be a mini review, a full episode, an extra episode, whatever. Uh, Please do that and uh, support... uh, the show, leave a voicemail, uh, support the show money-wise. You know, there's a link down there for that. You don't have to, but it, the option is there. Uh, just uh, spread the word around, and we would ap- appreciate that. We always like to um, grow the listener base. So, Joel, uh, this is a um, a different intro to the show. It's, it's very hard to be enthusiastic given these circumstances, but um, hello. How are you doing, sir? Uh, <laughs> Would you like to, um, first of all, um, if you want to tell us, you know, just everything that's been going on and what you would like to do going forward, I would like if you did that uh, for our listeners. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, everybody, I don't, even need, I don't even need to talk about what's going on. Everybody from the, from the person who is obsessed so obsessed with tv that their eyes are bleeding to the person who's hidden in a cave knows what's going on in the world right now uh that there is a growing pandemic um of covid19 otherwise known as coronavirus and it has affected a lot it has affected a lot of things i mean it's been really affecting things far more important than whatever we cover um but it has hit the film industry, and we are going to be affected by it. Now, uh, what Chase was talking about, I don't want people to freak out and maybe think that he's talking about us stopping the show. We are not going to do that um, short of us being infected ourselves. We will not stop giving you content. What we will be doing... Um, and this is this is caused by a number of evacuations from release dates of major major movies in the coming weeks. Um, 
A Quiet Place Part 2 was going to be our review next week. Mulan, the next week after that. The New Mutants, the week after that. No Time to Die, the week after that. You're seeing a pattern here. These are movies that have moved either indefinitely or to, to other dates because of this growing concern for public safety uh, in, you know, not just the U.S., but all over the world, um, including potentially some areas in which our listeners are living. I hope that that's not true. I hope that everybody out there is safe. But, you know, in terms of the likelihood and the, um, the you know, just the, I guess the likelihood and the, and the statistics is very possible that some of our listeners are in or near affected areas. I hope that's not true. I hope that everybody is staying safe. And uh, I suppose if you are in quarantine and just discovering our uh, podcast, hello. Um, I hope that you're doing well in, in that situation. I hope it ends soon for you. And, um, and I hope that you're able to, to come out of that, you know, relatively okay. I hope that you're not infected, first of all. And, um, yeah, so because of that, yes, the, the fabric, I guess not the fabric, but the landscape of the show must change. We cannot uh, move forward with regular review episodes if it's possible at all that our art houses, our art house theaters may close. Uh, there's no word of that yet. The one that's nearest me is remaining open for the time being. But since there are no wide releases, we're kind of, you know, forced. No, I don't, don't want to say forced is a bad thing, but we are moved toward those rather than, you know, AMC or Regal or Cinemark or some of these places that are taking measures and staying open, but also not being filled with these wide releases that were supposed to come out. So... Because of that, we don't have the usual kind of content coming that you guys are, you know, um, regularly hearing from us. So, we are pausing on the episode count. So that means that whenever we do come back for a review episode, and we're thinking that unless something changes, that that might either be Antebellum or Black Widow on April 24th or May 1st. Uh that episode will be 319. So until then, we will be doing extra content. And these will be extra episodes. They will not be numbered so that we can keep count. And essentially, I'm going to get into more specifics about what I have planned for you guys. Um, I know that Chase is still kind of, you know, percolating in his head. He's, he's got some extra reviews. I don't know if he's going to do longer content, honestly. Uh, we haven't really talked about that in depth. I know that I will be doing that. Um, I will be offering reviews of some of these smaller movies that are expanding uh, as extra content, uh, two or three at a time, usually two, until we get back on our feet. And uh, yeah, so we will still have content for you guys. We don't want to leave you guys in the lurch, especially because there is the possibility of many of our listeners being in quarantine and this kind of thing. You know, even if it is a lot shorter than usual, we'll be able to um, occupy your time for 45 minutes to an hour of one day of, you know, of quarantine. So, uh, yeah, we just have to prepare for this kind of things, this kind of thing, guys. It's very sad. 
you know, I get, I, I am getting a, not right now, but I get a little choked up thinking about all the stuff that's going on. Um, it's very troubling, you know, businesses around America and around the world, really, but, but around America, uh, specifically around me, the place I work at, are taking measures to be more sanitary, uh, you know, uh, washing surfaces that are constantly touched and making sure that anybody who's not feeling well stays home and, and so forth, um, you know, making sure that there's a system in place for, for those who have quarantine and, and thus can't work and can't get paid. It's really, really interesting and heartening to see all this um, happen and um, in the face of such strange situations. So, yeah, uh, we love you guys, the listeners. We love you. We hope you're, sa- you're staying safe. We want you to be able to listen to us a little bit, even if it means that Chase does separate content and I do separate content for a while. Um, and by the way, I should say that the reason that we are doing separate content is because we don't want to try to figure out some potentially completely like disorganized episode, especially if Chase is not able to make it out to see the movies that I do. So until I am physically unable, I will be seeing movies until for instance, my neighborhood association decides that everybody's going to be quarantined or whatever in our neighborhood, which is entirely possible. Neighborhood associations are probably going to be doing that for some first, you know, uh, at some point across America. I'm sure that there will be some. And if that's the case, then I won't be going anywhere. But, um, but that doesn't seem to be the case right now. It hasn't really hit Texas so much that it's super worrisome. Uh, there have been a few cases. There has been one relatively near me um, in the next city, in the city I work in, actually. Um, but it's, you know, that person is quarantined and all of that. So we're staying safe. We hope you're, you guys are staying safe. We will be offering content. It's just going to be a kind of a weird situation going forward for the next few weeks. So still, want, we want to assure people we're still here um we're not going anywhere for the time being and that's that so yeah i mean it's it's been crazy um you know in addition to the ones that i talked about you had movies like fast fast and furious 9 or whatever it was called um moving to the original fast and furious 10 date of april of next year that was a pretty bold move you had peter rabbit 2 meeting uh moving to august and you know these other uh the truth from hirokazu kareda a movie um that i had been looking forward to uh, was going to be coming out next week in limited release and expanding in early april moved to the summer um i don't think that they have a a release date for that a solid one yet but they had moved that one to the summer after having sent out screeners um, including a lot of people who had seen it already or had gotten the screener already, including our friend Mark, um, who hasn't watched it but did get the screener. So, you know, it's just, a, it's just a weird situation of a lot of things moving at the last second. And thus, you know, our, our podcast here has to change. It just has to change. It, it can't look the same. 
but we are going to try to give you guys content. And I might honestly, you know, chip in with some random list at some point. Um, you know, some list of the best films of some random year or some other thing, some retrospective review. I don't know. I might try, and, and, and I that, might try that, to that's... do that. Well, that, that's uh, one of the positives we can look at is that we're able to give you guys random content, so it could be a surprise. We're yes. like, we have no idea like what we want to do. Like Joel could just be like, he could text me and be like, I'm going to do a top 10 list on this. I'll be like, awesome. Uh, yeah. Record it, and I'll, I'll edit it and throw it up there. But like, yeah, so that gives us an opportunity to give you guys, you know, maybe reviews of movies that you never even heard of, maybe some top 10 lists. Uh, maybe if Joel sees something on HBO, Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime, he could do that. Same with me. Um, and and that, that's that's kind of the beauty of it is that we still want to give you guys as much uh, content to listen to in case you are quarantined or if you uh, are somewhere and you can't go anywhere for a little bit, like at work or whatever, you know, we can still provide stuff for you to listen to and you know uh i i'm excited to do it you know i i try to be optimistic as much as i can i mean joel knows i have a disease that makes me go to the bathroom a lot and i still try to be as optimistic as possible even though it's a terrible situation uh that's just that's just how i look at life and so i'm hoping that we can still bring you know any type of joy or just you know movie geekdom uh into your into your lives but um yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But um, don't worry, the podcast feed is uh, is definitely going to be active. I was telling Joel before we started recording, I have four uh, mini reviews locked and loaded, ready to go. So yeah, you're still going to get stuff, and Joel's going to topple on that. So there, you're definitely not going to have anything uh, bone dry for the next two months. There's there's going to be something for everybody. Like for instance, uh, just to give you guys a little tease, this is the first one uh after this episode but it, <laughs> i'll drop the review next wednesday it was a movie that i saw that was absolutely atrocious and i had a blast talking about it because it was the equivalent to the room and so if that interests you listen to the review and then go check it out give that movie support so uh there, there's stuff like that but uh, joel there uh there is uh, one thing i wanted to bring up before we uh we started talking about the hunt um I was telling you, I was telling you this uh, either when I saw it or, or afterwards. I forgot, but it's um, it. I've never seen anything like this in my life, and that's why it's hard for us to kind of determine like what's going to happen, you know, with this show or like just whatever and how long it's going to be. It might be three months before we come back and do a regular episode. Who knows? But uh, I was telling you that it felt. It felt eerie and it felt grim going to see the hunt mm, yeah. uh, in the theater, and it honestly felt like. And I, I hate to be uh, kind of a, a pessimist like this, but it honestly felt like it was the last movie I was going to see, and it, it was it was just really scary because, like, I I think everyone was just kind of uncertain, mm-hmm. and you know, I have I don't know if I got, I've told you guys this, but I have extreme anxiety, and so does Joel. By the way, like we both are like this, we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, we we have anxiety uh, out the butt, and so I know that uh, it, just seeing stuff like that and being in those situations, it's just it's a different world now. And it's um, yeah, I just wanted to add on on top of that uh, before we get into the review. If you guys are listening 
in a different country or hell, even this, this country, uh, wherever you're listening to, we really want you guys to please stay safe. I know there's a majority of you guys that are probably around the same age as Joel and I like stay home. Don't go out. Uh, trust me. Not only is it, is it beneficial for everyone's health? It's also just because there's nothing anywhere. We went to the store uh, the other night and it, it looked like the apocalypse in there. Mm. <laughs> it, it was insane. So, uh, and then people give me dirty looks when they have like, four things of toilet paper in their basket and I can't get anything because I poop four times a day because of my Crohn's. It's like, cool. Thanks guy. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, stay safe. We love you all. Joel. I am so glad that we get to talk about the most controversial movie of our lifetime. So controversial. <laughs> in fact, that they decided to push it off. And then uh, universal said, uh, screw the controversy. We're going to embrace it. And now we're going to release it. Um, so, Joel, would you like to introduce The Hunt, the least controversial movie of our lifetime? <laughs> the least. Uh, it's so weird that this is going to be the last movie that we talk about for a while um, in, in this context. And I don't know. It just it feels weirdly fitting to me that we have this crazy, wild, weird, funny uh, – just did I say crazy um, <laughs> movie that is such a kind of a hair trigger um, thing that's going to just be out there and to exist. Uh, so the hunt, basically this is the newest movie from director Craig Zobel, who gave us previously very different movies uh, compliance from 2012, which is intense Z for Zachariah from 2015. He also, created if nobody has ever uh, gone to this website. I don't know if it's still around. I haven't gone to it in a while, but homestarrunner.com which is really, really funny. That's a very early part of his career. Um, But now he brings us The Hunt, and this is a movie that stars at first a lot of people. Uh, We we get to see folks like Emma Roberts and Ike Barinholtz and Justin Hartley and 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 various just various people like that where there's this it seems to be a a big a big game um they are trapped in some in in the like the 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 yard essentially or the the property of some big mansion and they are all gagged when they wake up with uh with gags padlocked to their heads and they venture out, and they find that there's a big cache of weapons. And soon, though, shooting starts. They are being picked off. And the movie suddenly turns into, instead of an ensemble comedy, one that is primarily that primarily circles around Betty Gilpin, uh, who plays a woman named Crystal, who is a former she's a she's a military veteran. And she is one of the subjects in this most dangerous game, and that's basically what this is, of uh, a group of liberal elites or people who claim to be liberal elites, something. They're very mysterious and in the background a lot, uh, who want to pick off very, very, very right-wing people who are, like, you know, uh, offensively right wing in their views, 
So you have the gun nuts and you have the people who are just homophobic or racist. And uh, yeah, so y'all can, y'all can tell why this is controversial. Um, and I feel like even listeners outside of America will probably be able to tell why this is so controversial if you know even the, the smallest bit about our country. Uh, this movie was originally set to come out in October of 2019 right october yes october so uh september 27th oh september 27th i couldn't remember if it was a week before or after joker but i knew that like right there right in a row were going to be two fairly uh controversial movies so after a lot of backlash from weirdly enough conservative news outlets and um particularly our president who decided to take to twitter and have an opinion about a movie that hadn't come out yet. It was delayed because Universal didn't want to um, release it in a year or in a time of you know such uh, such animosity. So between the between the two sides of the political spectrum, so they delayed it and they didn't release a they didn't announce a release date at that point. So now. Just a few weeks ago, they announced, hey, it's coming out now, and it's coming out on March 13th. So then what happened, and this is what places it in such an interesting spot, this whole stuff with COVID-19 happened, and suddenly it is now one of three movies that are the last wide releases for at least a month until Trolls World Tour comes out on April 10th. So... It's uh, it's very strange. It's a very strange situation, but you know we have a movie here. Uh, I always feel like what is important about a movie is how it is ultimately, but it is important to bring up all of this stuff just to just to just so like historians who somehow find our podcast episode about the hunt can, you know, kind of determine the the state of the world when this movie came out. It is important to note that this is what it was like. Um, we were in the midst of a global pandemic. This is the movie that, when it started, was one of our three immediate sources of escapism, <laughs> uh, if they were not seeing some of the movies from previous weeks. And, uh, yeah, it didn't do well at the box office, but, hey, you know, what can you do? So... How is the movie? Because at the end of the day, what matters is how the movie holds up. So I think that Chase and I are going to differ on this one, actually. And it may not be in the direction that anyone is expecting. This movie comes from Blumhouse. As Chase likes to say, Jason Blum is his boy. And he loves his movies. So it's going to be interesting to see how this conversation goes. But... Uh, right up front, I'm just being right up front with you guys. I had a blast with this movie. Uh, so <laughs> the setup here is kind of ingenious because it sets us up for thinking that we have this big, you know, sprawling ensemble of so many people who not not just recognizable names, but recognizable faces. This is an oh that guy movie uh, in many ways in that faces keep popping up that you recognize from other movies and you're like, Oh, that guy. Um, that's what this movie is. And it's very fun to see that happen. And then to see the movie completely pull the rug out from under you by 
having the the uh, the scope narrowed or the focus narrowed to this one character played by or mostly to this one character played by Betty Gilpin who is extremely able and capable and underestimated by those in charge of this game. Um, she ends up kind of making her way through. Uh, and this is not this is not even a spoiler to say this, uh, considering you get exactly the feel for what kind of movie this is when you realize that it's mostly about one character after having begun as an ensemble uh, piece, she ends up making her way through a lot of the people in charge of this game. And we get to learn a lot about her in the process uh, through her backstory. And uh, you get to hear about Hilary Swank, who plays the leader of this particular game, the person who who spearheads it, who funds it, and who uh, directs the um, the actors in it, if you will, uh, and what kind of caused her to form this semi revenge plot. Let's just call it that. It's not that simple, but nothing in this movie is that simple. So that's actually where I wanted to start. The politics of this movie, I found as you know, as shocking and as divisive and as um, probing as they are, I found them to be surprisingly nuanced. Um, our friend Mark Dusick uh, didn't like this movie very much. And, you know, <laughs> kind of pointlessly calling him out here, but I disagree with something that he said. Uh, and I bring it up because it's something that is being said about the movie a lot. Uh, and I disagree with it entirely. And it's this notion that the politics of the movie are just decoration uh, for what's going on, which is a fairly structurally simple movie of one character moving through a bunch of bad guys to get to the main bad guy in this devious game that has a lot of violence. And there's a lot of violence here. There's a lot of language here. It's very R-rated, very adult. But for me, I found that when you get down to it, the concept of liberals trying to hunt conservatives is only the start of this move of of where this movie is trying to head. Ultimately, there is an apolitical uh, kind of bouquet to it by the end, and I know that that sounds like it's going to cop out, be a cheap shot kind of movie. That is not what I mean. I just mean to say that in its surprises, it reveals itself to be a different kind of movie, especially because of its hero. And so, or its heroine, I should say, hero, uh, Betty Gilpin's character. So, uh, but for me, yeah, I found the politics to be quite nuanced because on one hand, you have the characters who are liberals, who are extremely intellectual, and that is communicated through a bunch of, uh, you know, conversations in which they use the common, uh, let's say, hard left lingo of the internet, um, problematic, and uh, just the general ideas of kind of the liberal intellectual of the internet. People know what, people know what I mean by that. Those different terms are used casually in, in regular conversation in a way that feels a little bit heightened, certainly, uh, distanced from the audience enough that it is a little bit fantastical in its application to the dialogue here. But 
in a way that does feel like it comes from the genuine real world. However, this movie does not name names. It only uses a few little references to tell you that its world looks a lot like ours. It never names a president, but the game is on the part of the liberal uh, hunters to kill a dozen deplorables. And of course we know that deplorables comes from a basket of deplorables, which is a Hillary, a Hillary Clinton term, but it never attributes it to her. So that might seem again, like it's, you know, copping out, like it's trying to short, give a shortcut to this kind of thing. But for me, I found it a lot more tolerable than it might have been if it did that. I think that if it would have tried to put itself into a much more real-world context, then yes, it would have been a cop-out to end the way this movie does. But as is, you have the liberal elite, the intellectuals, their intellect ends up being really short-sighted in this movie in a way that is their undoing. Now, on the other side, you have the right-wing nuts, as the movie probably is trying to make them out to be, with a lot of exaggeration of various ideas and thoughts and speech patterns and uh, how they carry themselves and how they voice their ideas. Um, you have a lot of, you know, um, freedom-centric type dialogue on the side of the right wing here but again it isn't simple it is a very nuanced portrayal of right-wing outrage that turns out to be way too far-reaching and that gets them into a load of trouble they are too safe in their beliefs of their personal freedoms and it actually gets a lot of them killed and so that's really smart and that's a really clever subversion of politics um and then you have the character at the center of this which is betty gilpin's crystal gilpin's performance is really something here um she is stoic she is pissed off <laughs> she is angry she is uh kind of deadpan in her humor it's a, it's a performance that communicates a lot without communicating a lot in her face. She uses a lot of her stoic qualities, and she has those. We've known that about Betty Gilpin this entire time. She has this a way of communicating uh, by not trying to communicate a whole lot through her face. And it works really well here for this character. And then you get to, you know, just the, the kind of the dressings of the movie, which is that it's really well directed by Zoe Bell, uh, has a clever screenplay, which is written by Nick Hughes and Damon Lindelof of Lost fame. Uh, both of them had, had their start on Lost. And, um, and it's an act of subversion, like all of their writing has been so far. Uh, and you have the action sequences, which are really, really clever. There's a great bit in, um, well, well <laughs> there's a great finale uh, let's just say probably the best hand-to-hand -hand combat sequence between two women characters. I think since chronologically speaking, I don't know which one's better out of these, out of the two centerpiece sequences in these, uh, in this kind of two-part volume of a movie. But for me, the best chronologically since Uma Thurman and Daryl Hannah in Kill Bill volume two, uh, 
there's a really dynamic action sequence between two women characters at the end of this movie that is awesome, really well edited, great sound design, um, great sense of humor, just like in the Kill Bill movies. They're always quipping back and forth between the, uh, between the blows, and it's fantastic. Um, but there's really great action elsewhere, too. Lots of bloody, you know, uh, revenge-taking, and it works. It's, uh, it's a fantastic bit of just action choreography all over the place here. And, um, yeah, I mean, that works. It's really well shot. It's well edited. Um, I just thought that this thing moved in a way that was uh, really dynamically um, engaging in a way that I wasn't anticipating. You know, when it comes to uh, expectations from the movie, I feel like I wasn't really expecting anything. I think that the, and this is what's probably going to happen with a lot of the movies that were just delayed, actually, is that the story is going to become about how they were delayed, especially the, the New Mutants, which has been delayed now four times. And so, of course, this is another movie where that conversation has to come into effect. I think that it had, I'm pretty sure it had already been delayed until September of last year uh, from an earlier release date. It wasn't as, like, widely known. I think that it was originally supposed to come out in, like, March of last year, and then it was delayed, I think, just for business purposes until September, and then the controversy happened and it was delayed again. So this is definitely not the first time it had been delayed. The conversation is unfortunately going to become about that fact, about the fact that it was delayed and the story surrounding its delay. But I think that on its own and on its own merits, the movie really works, particularly in terms of being entertaining, kind of chill-inducing, once you get to the ending and once you get to realize what it's trying to say and uh, about each of the sides of the political spectrum, you know, just, uh, and maybe what it's trying, maybe what it's trying not to say too, um, in a way. And I just think that this is a much smarter movie than people are probably going to want to give it credit for uh, in the context of the story surrounding the movie. And I loved it. I, I just, I had a blast. It's one of my favorite movie experiences of the year, despite the fact that, like Chase, whenever I went in and saw it, I saw it with maybe there were six or seven people. And it was a seven o'clock show Thursday. Uh, not very many people in the theater. I think it was, I was, I was in one of the middle rows, and then there was the back row that was full, and that was it. Nobody else was in the theater. And, um, not full, but it was. There were more people than than um, than just a few in the back row, and so maybe eight or nine total. It did feel very dystopian, <laughs> in a way, walking into this theater building where not very many people were walking in, not very many people people were walking out. It seemed to me like they hadn't gotten a lot of business, but for me in terms of the actual experience of watching the movie and, and my engagement with it and its engagement with me on an intellectual level, I got so much out of this. Um, and I just, I just had a blast. So yeah, I'm giving the hunt an A minus. I know that that's probably shocking. And I know that Chase is like, Holy crap, what in his head? But yeah, I'm all over this movie. I, I can't wait to buy it. Um, 
whenever it comes out on 4k or whatever they decide to do with this. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just had a blast with it. Uh, chase is, is not quite in the same boat as me. I know that I know chase, you didn't hate this movie, but we, I think we slightly disagree on this one. And so why don't you get into why that is? Yeah. So, you know, going into it was, uh, interesting to say the least, because obviously with all the stuff going on, people on Twitter, uh, primarily LA critics, you know, they were saying it was disgusting. It was foul. It was just a gross movie. I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see it even more. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I am no stranger to controversy. I really don't care what it's about. I just, I love when movies can push people's buttons. I love gory films. Um, you know, it was right up my alley. And of course, uh, Blumhouse doing it, you know, uh, taking the risk <laughs> of putting his name on this and stuff. And, you know, he, he's he's had a great, uh, uh, well, a hit and miss this year, but definitely a great, um, you know, movie before this with Invisible Man. Mm. Uh, so, you know, he's had, a, he's had a pretty good year so far. We will not discuss Fantasy Island because that movie has done a lot more harm for him than good. But uh, and, we, and we didn't see it. <laughs> And we didn't see it exactly. Right, yeah. So, but uh, it definitely from all the word of mouth and stuff, it was not good. But uh, yeah, so okay, so here's my experience with the just this entire thing. And plus, we have to pat out this episode anyway. So, Joel, uh, relax, take a seat. Here we go. Um, <laughs> what I, I remember when we talked about the first trailer, uh, and I was like, wow, okay, this looks, looks pretty cool. It's dark, it's disturbing. Uh, I'm all for it, and it painted it out to be this very serious like you know uh really downer of a horror film you know it's a survival horror tale of just people escaping other people and defending themselves it didn't really have any ounce of levity to it didn't really have any uh lightness to it this was just like this was a straightforward horror film okay i'm in i'm still in and then of course with all all that stuff happening people going crazy oh it's about crazy liberals killing conservatives. Oh, my God. What kind of twisted person would see this? And first of all, it's a movie. Chill. Um, <laughs> and I, I was like, I don't know why people are up in arms about it. No one has seen it. Uh, I know a select group of L.A. critics that did see it, and they were the only people that saw it. Um, uh, pe- a person that, you know, you and I follow with uh, uh, Scott Mendelson. I know that he was one of the people that did see it before it got pulled. Mm, yeah. um, very, so, very, very few were able to. Uh, yeah, very few. They didn't hold um, very many screenings, so yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, they they. Uh, I think yeah, it was literally just like probably L.A. critics, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it got pulled, I understood why Universal did it. Uh, it honestly wasn't because of the controversy. I'm sure they welcomed that, and we'll talk about that in a second. It was mainly because there was mass shootings that happened around that time. Mm-hmm. They just didn't feel like that was an appropriate time to do it. I understand that. I'm not going to fault them for that. But I honestly thought we would never see the light of day uh, with this movie. And so February rolls around. And that's when they dropped a new trailer and was like, oh, yeah, it's coming out in a month. And, which is actually genius because it came out, it came out on um, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. which is kind of Jason Blum's MO at this point. It's just like, hey, if you could just release movies on Friday the 13th from now on, so that might be like one or two a year. That's probably perfect for him. But it was perfect marketing. And what I noticed was a change of tone. 
and a change of how they approached the marketing. So first and foremost, they had the poster with all the headlines of people calling this the most disturbing thing ever. It's going to divide the country. And then they're, they're like, well. And wasn't, and wasn't Trump's quote right at the top? I think it was. It was, it was something like that. Was, so, yeah. And then, of course, Universal's like, oh, wow, this is like the most controversial movie that no one has seen yet. Um, so it was, that's the approach they took with it. And what I found interesting was their uh, marketing choice for the second trailer. So the second trailer, as we talked about it on the show, was it was more of a satirical approach, more of a dark comedy approach. And I was like, okay, this is getting really confusing. Which one is it? If you want to look at both trailers as a piece of marketing, they are both effective. But I was a little confused as to where they were going with it because I didn't know what the movie was going to be like. Now, after seeing the movie, it is, without a shadow of a doubt, the second trailer. That's exactly what the movie is. (laughs) It is uh, not serious in the slightest. It is uh, uh, very over the top. It is aggressive. It is satirical. It is darkly comedic. It is all those things. I don't take this movie seriously at all. And if you get offended by this, then you don't watch that many movies. Uh, I'm just going to be upfront with you. Um, To start with the controversy... What's really ironic is that the people that were up in arms about this movie the most, the movie actually paints them as the good guys. So that's what I'm talking about. It, you got to see stuff before you can start complaining on that type of level. Um, and yes, I do actually mean that the conservatives are painted as the better people in this movie. Hmm. So, and those were the people that barked about it the most on, you know, political uh, shows and everything. It just, Guys, chill. Once again, chill. Um, But yes, uh, just to kind of squash the controversy, uh, they do paint the conservatives as the better people uh, when all is said and done. Okay, so let's jump into the movie. Uh, Joel's correct. Uh, I am not going to go as high as him. I am more on the lines of where Mark is at, but I'm also not going to use the word decoration. Uh, that he used, I will, uh, I'll get to that in just a second, but I, I thought this movie was just fine. Uh, and maybe, maybe when I rewatch it, maybe I'll have a different perspective on it. Maybe my theater experience did hinder it just a little bit. Who knows? Uh, because that whole mood in there was a little down. Um, and I was on the opposite of Joel. I actually had a packed house. Uh, there was, it was, a. 120 seat theater maybe every seat was full and so maybe it was just different regions or whatever and i also had annoying teenagers next to me that would just be like oh my god wow that was cool oh dude what's happening it's like it was the first movie they've ever seen in their life (laughs) uh so congratulations to the random teenagers that they brought their um poor mother to good lord uh she she was actually cackling along so I guess uh, she was enjoying it, but um, yeah, it was like they, they've never seen a movie before. So God bless those random teenagers. They got to see their first ever movie. Congratulations. Okay. So maybe it was just a theater experience, maybe whatever. But uh, when all was said and done, I kind of just viewed it as, uh, if you want to break it down into the two sections here, as a standard kind of survival horror thriller uh, type of experience entertainment wise i thought it was fine it does move at a steady pace so i ne- i was never bored by it i was 
thoroughly entertained by it because I was like, I don't know where this movie's going, and I just want to watch it and see where it goes. So it had my interest throughout the entire thing, but I thought when it was over and the credits started rolling, I thought, hey, that was fine. Really, uh, I have no issues with it in terms of, like, uh, major issues where I'm just going to, like, completely sink the movie or I didn't think it would, to, like, Joel's standard. Um, it, it just, I, I thought it was a fine experience. Uh, I, I do think if you're, like, a gore hound or if, like, if you're a horror fanatic, if you love stuff like Evil Dead or, you know, something along those lines with the violence, I think you're going to get a real kick out of this movie. This movie had some of the most uh, graphic and bloody uh, kills I've seen in a horror movie in a long time, which is awesome. It kind of harkens back to like, um, you know, the 80s era of horror and just kind of really being excessive with it, with the blood in almost a cartoonish fashion, which is actually a parallel to the cartoonish nature and stereotypes that they, they uh, kind of project on the right and the left in this movie. So it actually works in favor of the, the story for sure. So, yeah, it's like a gory horror film. If you want to watch a slasher film and watch uh, people try to survive, this movie will definitely be up your alley. All right, so let's kind of break down the whole political angle to this because I am not on the same lines as Mark where I thought this was just a kind of political blanket over a pretty average little thriller. I thought the uh, the politics in it was definitely ingrained into the story. My issue with it was more of they could have done more with it. I honestly felt like this was surface level kind of Facebook, Twitter uh, ramblings of people barking at each other back and forth, calling each other names and stereotypes and all that stuff. And I felt like, you know, Lindelof uh, and uh, what was the other writer's name, Joel? Uh, Nick Hughes. Cues. Yeah, I was Cues. I was gonna say cruise for some weird reason. I was like, I don't think it's cruise. Right. So Cues. <laughs> um, I felt like those two guys had a good idea, and I felt like they had like a a nice base for what they wanted to do. They just really never did anything with it. And I felt like they could have gone deeper and been more aggressive with it, which is weird to say because the first twenty minutes are some of the most insane things I've seen in a film in quite some time. They don't waste any time. They're like, I'm going to jump into this and we're going to kill people. We're going to throw out stereotypes and uh, uh, we're going to attack people on the left, attack people on the right. It was ruthless. I was like, this is this is awesome. But I was like, where are they going to springboard off of that? Where is the movie going to go and what kind of message is it going to send? And so I thought with Lindelof in particular, you know, giving us the amazing Watchmen show, I thought maybe there was a chance that he was going to I would almost be the reversal of what Mark said and have the kind of horror movie experience be a decoration for political and social commentary and just do it more in a satirical fashion. And this is what we're going to focus on. I thought it was going to be something like that, given the fact that Lindelof gave us, I think, one of the best seasons of television ever made. And he is no stranger to you know, poising uh, philosophical uh, themes or just people that want to examine social commentary or issues and display it, you know, a little further. Like, I felt like he was going to kind of go deep into it. I I don't know why I was thinking that it is a slasher movie after all, but I thought maybe there was a chance that they would take the, the political attacks 
and the political landscape that we're facing now and kind of do a little bit more with it. So I felt like it was surface level stuff. And let me just say this. Um, I am not a left wing person. I am not a right wing person. I'm probably more center than uh, most people realize. And I actually think most people are center in general. I, I, I honestly don't think that anyone's pure right or left. And what's so great about this movie, this movie attacks everybody. So if you think this is straight up just an attack on conservative values or a straight up an attack on liberal values, guess what? These guys are like the writers of South Park because they go after everybody. Everyone is uh, not spared. Like there, there is uh, brutal attacks and stereotypes that made me laugh out loud. And, you know, even with me that uh, might watch this movie and have like an issue pop up where like, okay, I'm not really, I'm not really for this particular issue, but they made a great joke about that. Uh, they could have also made a joke about an issue that, you know, maybe I am more towards and even, I still would laugh at it because it was just the way they approached this material. It made it so goofy to a point where like you, you can't help but not laugh. And, I think it was like the perfect like sedative to what has happened all this week. And you just, I, I, I do agree with Joel. I had, I did have a fun time with it. Um, and I definitely laughed at certain parts and um, uh, caught me off guard with its humor for sure. But that's how I kind of saw the, the whole kind of writing and directing approach and the vision that Zobel Kuz and uh, Lindelof uh, had. Um, definitely some creative kills for sure. Uh, so uh, it, it, like I said, if you were, Look into this movie for more the kills slasher mentality. I think you can find something if you're looking for something more um, satire heavy with the political stuff. It's there. It's a start. I just didn't feel like it, they followed through. And to be honest with you, I would I would have mind if I saw like a series based on this idea or a longer movie. I just felt like once the credits started rolling, I was like, that's it. That's all we're getting. So I don't know. Maybe I was expecting a lot more, and maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been a little bit of both, but that's just the way I viewed it. Um, the performances. I've said this ever since I saw the first season of Glow. I was like, Betty Gilpin's going to be a star. And I was just waiting for that right role for her to kind of explode onto. Because when I first saw Glow back in the day, I thought Allison Brie, since she was the big-name actress in the show, and Mark Marin, I thought those two were going to be the the forefront people to carry the show. And then by season two, I was like, Alison Brie, who like Betty Gilpin <laughs> overshadowed her. And her character is definitely the uh, best written character on that show. She gave, she gives, I, I think the best performance out of all the women on that show. And so I've always been a big fan of her uh, just from watching her on glow. And so I was hoping there'd be that one movie to like, let audiences see what she's capable of. And what I like about her in this movie and her performance in particular is that Joel's absolutely correct. She's very stoic. She is angry. She just is this driving force throughout the entire narrative. Like she just doesn't give two craps about anybody. Like she is in it to figure out why this is happening. Like she will do it at no cost. Like she kills people. And for some weird reason you're like rooting for, you're like, I don't care who you slay. I want you to get to the top so you can figure out what's happening. And um, yeah, it's just a completely different character from like what I've seen her in on, you know, her, her show. And so it was just really nice, like uh, a nice, like change of pace 
for her as an actress, I got to see something different from her and she commands the screen. And I'm like, this is what I want people to see and see that Betty Gilpin is a force of nature. And that's, that's awesome. As far as the other characters go, they're literally in it for like 10 minutes or less. Um, they're fine. Um, Emma Roberts is a joke. I mean, she's literally in it for like two seconds, mm. and I'm like, why is she being marketed in this movie? Well, because it's they're just... they're trying they're trying to they're trying to misdirect us. They're trying to make I, I, I get yeah, I get they're it, trying to make us like, think that it's a big ensemble comedy, and then it's right. Nah, let's not let's not talk about that uh, specifically. But basically, they're trying to they're trying to misdirect us. Yeah, right. And I just want to let you guys know if you're going for it for her. Don't. Right. <laughs> Barely even it. Um, yeah. uh, as far as like Ike Barinholtz, Justin Hartley, and uh, like Ethan Supley and stuff, they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I also like the uh, uh, the the gentleman that played Don. It, <laughs> the uh, uh, what's the actor's name? Oh, I forgot. Um, but he he kind of has a little bit of a larger role than most of them, uh, and he's with uh, uh, Betty Gilpin for oh yeah, the yeah, movie. yeah and uh, he he was he was kind of fun to watch. He actually is the recipient of a very important story that Gilpin's character uh, is telling. And the, the look on his face is priceless when he realizes this is a very sadistic story um, with the, the, was it the tortoise and the hare, like her variation mm, yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, everyone uh, does a fine job. Uh, Hillary Swank, you know, just fun with it, I guess. Uh, Wayne, Wayne Duvall is his name. Wayne and, Duvall, that, that's what it was. I was like, he has the last name of, you know, uh, another famous person, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, yeah, Hillary he is, he is Robert Duvall's son. Oh, okay, cool. So he is related. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, he, that's weird because he looks nothing like him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have never <laughs> been able to guess that. But, uh, yeah, um, Hillary Swank, Glenn Howerton's in it. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorites, you know, being in uh, It's Always Sunny. You know, they're cartoonish villains. It is what it is. Uh, I'm not there for, for any of that. But, you know, I, I think the what it boils down to is everyone has a fun time with it. You can't take this movie serious. If you get absolutely, like, flustered or you get so fed up with liberals or conservatives after watching this movie, I can't help you. You are just a soul that I cannot save. If you wanted to get so angry at this movie that you can't see straight, that's totally on you. I mean, Joel and I are very... Uh, passionate about certain political issues, but even he and I both know that if we watch a movie that's bringing this stuff up or making fun of people, like we can, we can let ourselves go and have a, have a fun time with it if it's warranted. So um, yeah, there's just no reason to get upset. Everyone is literally not taking this seriously. uh, And that's what makes the movie uh, just a tad bit more fun than the gruesome imagery that we're seeing. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's a brisk little movie. Uh, I don't think it goes on for too long. Uh, I, I would mind seeing more stuff like this, more edgier, you know, horror films like this and stuff. So please release them, um, you know, whenever they do. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. Uh, I'm more along the lines with Mark. I'm going to give it a C plus, and I'm going to give it that plus uptick just because um, uh, there were certain things that I, I really liked about it as a horror fan. Uh, Betty Gilpin was great. Uh, some of the practical effects with the violence were, were pretty impressive. Um, yeah, uh, so C plus for me. Once again, and and Joel and I, we, we tell you guys this all the time. We could change our minds frequently. You know, maybe I watch this in the comfort of my home. 
when there's no annoying teenagers that have never seen a movie in their life, and maybe when it's not on a grim day, and maybe I'll have a different perspective on it. But as of right now, it is definitely not a movie that I loathe, like some people that are very passionate about on Twitter. Um, but I'm also not going to give it as high as Joel. So C plus for me uh, for the hunt. Uh, Joel, is this the moment where we can declare uh, the apocalypse has come because you have rated a Blumhouse <laughs> movie higher than I have? Is that what we're is that what we're dealing with here? That is what caused all of this. No. Um... Okay. I, uh, that, that's that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, they. 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 Uh... They saw my my opinion, and then everybody just canceled their movies. No, um, no, what what happened was Joel put his opinion out on Twitter, and then everyone panicked and bought every single piece of toilet paper in the city. That's what happened. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a better joke than the one I just said. Um, yeah. By the way, those I don't know who knows what outside of the country, but yeah, everybody in the U.S. is going for toilet paper for some reason, even though the the coronavirus doesn't affect that. Um, right. It's a respiratory virus. Yes. And I would just like to Nowhere say, near uh, the butt. Li- listen, I would like to, <laughs> to say something as a, a very strong plea uh, as a person that is a Crohn's patient. Listen, if you are hoarding TP, that is going to harm people <laughs> like me that right. literally will, will cry on a toilet if I do not have toilet paper to wipe my disaster from. So I am begging you, begging you, if you want to go hoard something, hoard something else. Do not hoard toilet paper. Here's... You can hoard cat food. You can hoard, <laughs> you can uh, hoard cat uh, food. <laughs> you can hoard vegetables. I don't give a crap. But if you hoard my TP, that's when I get angry. And uh, I just, that's my last time I'll ever bring that up. But I just, uh, yeah. I just thought it was um, funny. Here's a, here's a great, here's a great joke. Are you ready for this? Chase. Oh, I am so ready to uh, laugh my okay. behind off. You're behind. Um, guys, 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 guys. It is coronavirus, not coronavirus. So there you go. All right. Okay, so this is exactly why Joel will never be a stand-up comedian. If he, I, I realized that he told his parents that his dream one day was to uh, uh, be on stage and tell jokes. They said, Joel, please do not do that spare your life and he was like i'm gonna do it and then i also told him not to do it so this is just another reassurance for me that you should never do stand-up comedy there you go all right well now i'm gonna do it um (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get into some trailers there were there were a few uh what you got for us there was only two of them and what's really what's really funny is that disney is still rolling ahead with their promotional stuff uh with uh with soul (laughs) And I thought that was weird that they went ahead and just dropped this trailer because we don't know how long this stuff is going to last. It could last until June and it could push Soul, but they went ahead and released the trailer anyways. And so we got the first official look at Soul. Um, the last time I covered it was a, a teaser trailer, but this is the full on trailer. Uh, you know, if you guys don't know what Soul is, it's about a musician that has lost his passion for music and is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. So definitely some inside out vibes. Uh, and it looks great. Uh, it looks like it's going to be an emotional gut punch, uh, just like inside out really dealing with uh, souls, maybe the possibility of people, you know, you know, death. It could also deal with, uh, incarnation it's going to be an interesting approach uh to pixar but i do like 
when they do stuff more adult. I love stuff like Coco, where it deals with the afterlife. It deals with death in a very mature way. It deals with revenge and, you know, greed. And once again, it has one of the more shocking things I've ever seen in a Pixar film. And that was two years ago. So it, it, it seems like they're evolving. They're doing better things. And with stuff like this, it gets me excited for it uh, just to see where the future of their company goes. And I want them to do more stuff like this. Uh, you know, Jamie Foxx is the, the lead voice in this, which is great. Uh, Tina Fey, Questlove, David Diggs, uh, one of my new favorite people. Um, and what gives me hope on this one, too, is that Pete Docter is the head of it. Uh, and, you know, he brought us uh, up, which is one of my uh, favorites. That is definitely a top three or at least a top five. Uh, and it's, it's got a co-director as well, Kemp That's, Howard. Uh, that one is top five for me as well, Pixar, yeah. Really right, good. yeah. We re-watched it the other day, and it just it, it kind of blows my mind that uh, they had the balls to do that whole opening, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. how they opened up their movie. But uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Soul. This full trailer just reassured me that this movie is at least going to be good, and it is a possibility that this could land on our top ten of the year, just like Inside Out did with me in 2015. So I I can't wait. It looks it looks fantastic. So uh, that is the first trailer. It was the only big trailer to drop this week, and there was a smaller trailer that I would like to talk about. And I have a rule on this podcast, Joel. If Michael Shannon is in anything, I'm talking about it. I don't I don't care what it's about. I'm talking about it. So. A Michael Shannon movie uh, is coming our way. Uh, it says it releases April 17th. And this is from, let me see the, oh, Lionsgate. So there you go. They're going to have a, a heck of a month or a heck of a two months uh, with like this, Antebellum, Run, and uh, Spiral. But this one's called The Quarry. And this is about a mysterious new minister that takes up residence at a rundown church in a desolate Texas town. So you know uh, all the crime happens here, Joel. Uh, despite the growing suspicions of townsfolk, the hardened local police chief, the drug-dealing brothers caught in the chief's crosshairs, and the mournful woman who keeps up the church, the congregation grows. But how long can the minister keep his secret safe, and who can be forgiven when the truth comes to light? Based on the acclaimed novel by Damien Galgut. So, the officer is played by Michael Shannon. The minister is played by Shea Wiggum. And they go head to head in the entire trailer. It's just them trying to figure out uh, how to deal with the situation. You know, we see the the minister do some very unspeakable things. We see Michael Shannon question him. We see them uh, yell at each other. It just looks like a complete showdown with uh, Wiggum and Shannon. And that's awesome. Uh, So Michael Shannon's one of my favorites. It looks like a pretty interesting little thriller. And I am, I'm totally down for it. Really nothing more to say. It caught my attention and it's a really intense trailer. I'm totally down for it. So Lionsgate, I don't know what you're doing as of late in your marketing department, but you hiring some good people. That's what I'm saying. So if this one run, uh, uh, antebellum and spiral, if they're all moderate hits, they've already won. Uh, for the year, they they could literally have a flop <laughs> at the end of the year, and they'll still be fine. Um, if they can nail numbers like they saw with Knives Out, they're going to do excellent in this like two month run. But we also have to see what's going to happen 
with the progress of, you know, CV and everything. So we don't know how intense it's going to get. We don't know if they're going to push it, you know, movies even further starting in April. Uh, but until then, uh, Lionsgate does have four movies coming out within the span of a month and a half, which is insane. So uh, good for them. Another uh, solid winner, at least in my eyes, just trailer wise. So, Joel, uh, sorry to report that is it for this week. Uh, there wasn't really <laughs> anything that dropped that was of note uh, or anything that I saw. There was a couple of things HBO is uh, coming out with that they were uh, dropping in case you guys do have to stay home. Of course, uh, Westworld season three, you know, they had their final promotional push for that. They also had that Mark Ruffalo show. that looks really great where he has uh, a twin brother that he also plays. Uh, what is it called? Hold on. Hold on. We're going to do this in real time because we're <laughs> professionals. Um, so the show in question. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know this much is true. And so this I know it's based on a novel, I believe. And he he plays both uh, both twins. And hmm. so that's going to be interesting to see technology wise and uh, how that has advanced when you can put the same actor in the same scene and how flawless it can be. So yeah, looks pretty great. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else. There's a couple of more things that have to do with like FX and Hulu and everything. So get out there, watch some shows and movies. If you are stuck at home, there's a lot of great content out there, but Westworld season three, baby, that is what I'm looking forward to. And if I am going to be doing extra content for you guys, uh, maybe, I, maybe I'll break protocol and bust out a, a a Westworld thing. I have no clue. I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but um, that's it for the trailers, Joel. Well, there we go. I mean, I'm definitely interested in Soul. I still have not watched that trailer uh, yet. Oh, I, look at you. I know. Yeah, I need I need to do that. Uh, no, no, like aversion to it. I just uh, I've if, just been uh, busy. But if if uh, if Mulan was still on schedule and you saw that in theaters, I would bet you money that Soul would play in front of that. Yeah, probably so, and it'll probably play in front of Trolls World Tour when that comes Yeah, out, that's which, true. Uh, which I wouldn't be surprised about. Um, it was probably also going, you know, could have played on Peter Rabbit 2 or something um, whenever that was going to come out. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's crazy out there. Um, you know, again, let's all stay safe. And, uh, okay, so I'm going to get into a little bit of more specific territory about, you know, the... Again, the specific feature of the show in terms of future content. So I have figured out a lot of my reviews for the next month and a half. Uh, and again, I'm going to be doing the these except for with except for one instance, unless any of these move. Of course, we're going to be doing these two at a time. Uh, the the exception is next week, which is when I plan to review Wendy, the new film from Ben Zeitlin. Um, the Burnt Orange Heresy, which is a really interesting kind of, um, uh, I guess, a kind of a classy criminal drama <laughs> or whatever with uh, Elizabeth Debicki, Mick Jagger, and Donald Sutherland. Uh, yes, that is a list of three people. And then um, uh, First Cal, Kelly Reichert's new film. Uh, if we had been going through this week, I would have mentioned to people that I was able to see a couple of Rikert blind spots uh, this past week, including Meek's Cutoff from 2011 and Wendy and Lucy from 2008, both crushing 
Loved both of them. I wasn't super fond of certain women when I saw that a couple of years ago. And I liked Night Moves, but maybe a little less than most people. So it was it was heartening. I, I'm much more excited now. Been hearing really good things about First Cow. A24, baby. Um, yeah, so that. And then the following week, which is March 27th, I'm going to be doing Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, which is the new abortion drama from Eliza Hitman. And... Um, the, the Road's Not Taken, which is a drama with uh, Javier Bardem and Elle Fanning. And then the week after that, I'll be seeing a couple of small movies. Um, Chase is actually reviewing one called Deerskin. I'll be seeing that one. And a movie called The Climb, which I've been hearing really good things about. Um, and then kind of a uh, um, another love triangle movie. And then, um, of, of sorts, of sorts. Uh, so April 10th, I will, in fact, be seeing and reviewing Trolls World Tour. I know that Chase, who loves the first movie so much that he gave it his top spot in 2016, that he will be seeing this new movie 12 times a day. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kidding, Chase. Um, I'll be reviewing that one alongside Baku Rao, which is a foreign title that's been getting really good notice. Uh, let's see. April 17th, Promising Young Woman, which is the crazy-looking Carrie Mulligan movie, and My Spy. I will be seeing that as well. Uh, I figure that if there are two wide releases in the next couple of months, I'm going to go ahead and see them, uh, no matter how mild or minor they look. So I'm going to be seeing both of those. Um, and then I do have Antebellum and Charm City Kings, uh, two movies that are primarily... Uh, led by people of color, which is exciting, for April 24th. So, yeah, that's that's basically it. I'll be giving you guys little voice reviews. Um, as for my website, right now, if you go to my website, joelonfilm.com, you will see a notice about the fact that I am taking a hiatus from my website. I wanted to expand my writing a bit, uh, qu- quite a bit, you know, in terms of what I talk about and my word count. So I'm giving myself a little bit of practice. That actually happened... My, my realization of that took place just a couple of days before all of this went down. So I had already been planning that. But now I'm going to give myself longer, and I'm going to give myself up to Black Widow if, in fact, that comes out on May 1st, if they don't move it. And they shouldn't because the entire well-being of the, of the American theater system is actually at stake there. If they don't open that movie on May 1st, there's no reason for a lot of the- theaters to remain open until Artemis Fowl comes out, uh, essentially, because now Fast 9 is gone, and nobody cares about Scoob. So, you know, there you go. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of crazy right now, but I am taking a hiatus. Um, you can still follow me on Twitter, Real Joel Copling. I'm still there, I'm still rambling. Uh, I do have daily progress on my letterbox page, if you search my name, and... Despite the fact that I'm taking a break from my website, I still am writing pieces for SpectrumCulture.com. So that's my new writing digs. That's kind of another case of weird timing that I finally joined this website and then suddenly all these movies are gone. Uh, But that's how it happened. And uh, so I do have a lot of uh, pieces about smaller movies on there already published and incoming. So very excited about about all that. Um, So, yeah. As you know, such as it is, such as it is, that's where I am online. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, it'll be an interesting couple of months. So, uh, Chase, where are you on? Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Real Chase Sleep. If you guys want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at Real Me and Podcast. We'll you know keep you up to date if anything drastic happens. Uh, and then of course, you know, YouTube podcasts, you know, I'm all over the place, but as far as the podcast goes, if you guys want to still leave us a voice message, maybe we could do a full episode on that. You know, if you guys leave a, enough of those, uh, there's also a donation link down there if you guys want to do that as well. But if you're listening to on any platform, uh, anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this show, if you guys could do us a favor, subscribe to it, spread it around, share it. And uh, just know that content is still on the way. We're not going to leave you guys dry for two months. The cool thing is with our content, you will pretty much have no idea when they're coming. It's just going to drop on random days. There's going to be no set schedule. But there's something kind of awesome about that. Just keep an eye out for it. But that's why you're supposed to subscribe to the feed so you can get updates on whenever we drop anything. It should be a fun, wild ride. But most importantly, uh, if you're listening to in this country that we are uh, in or another country that we are not in. We just want you guys to stay safe out there and uh, soak up all this content, watch some movies, TV shows, be with your families, catch up on, you know, some resting time, do what you got to do, but please stay away from the crazy a-holes out there that will hoard toilet paper from us. Or ridden patients <laughs> or the, or the man in Tennessee here in the United States who decided to buy over 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer so that he could sell them. And then now because of various lockdowns around him, cannot sell them because there's nobody to come buy them. Uh, don't be that guy. Uh, because that yeah. is it, so. So Joel, so Joel, Joel, and I have a rule: as long as you're not that guy, we're cool with whatever else you do. Yes, if you can literally that do guy, whatever you want. If that guy is listening to this show, if he happens to be a listener to the show, that would be hilarious. I'm sorry for for putting you on blast, but you deserved it. So there you, you go. It. Uh, <laughs> He's just like, I'm not going to listen anymore. Okay, fine, that's fine. I don't you. care about. You right now. Uh, we have, we don't hands. need you right now. But uh, yeah, yeah th- this is it, Joel. Episode it, it, 318. It, it's, uh, it will take him 17,000 years to use those bottles. Anyway. R- right. Yeah, he, he, will definitely, <laughs> he will definitely die before he uses even uh, exactly. a tenth of that. So. From old age. Uh, it yeah. won't even be from the virus. Right. Um, um, <laughs> right. But yeah, okay. uh, that, that's 318, Joel. Yeah. Uh, and, until next time, um, obviously you and I will still keep in touch in mm-hmm. terms of what you're dropping, what I'm dropping. Um, and you guys will get your content, but as far as the number of episodes go, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a long time, but, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see you guys on the other side, uh, hopefully with either antebellum or black widow or both or whatever. But, um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been fun in terms of doing this together, Joel, but we'll still do stuff for you guys. Uh, so don't, don't fret. We are not going away. I, I will do this podcast until I physically die of old age. That's that's mm. how dedicated I, I am for you. So, um, Joel, uh, any any last words before we wrap this up? I just again, I just want everybody to stay safe out there. Um, again, we're we're going to be giving you random content. Please, 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 stay safe. Enjoy, uh, listen, subscribe, whatever you have to do. Um, just stay safe out there, folks. It's a scary world. It's a little bit scarier than a lot of people are really wanting to admit. And, um, yeah, just just stay safe. So until the random content comes down to you guys' pipeline, 
I am Chase. That is Joel. This is episode three eighteen of the Real Man Cole the Movie Podcast. Uh, yeah, that's the best way to end it. We'll see you guys with the.